Welcome to another episode of Tech Writer Voices. My name is Tom Johnson, and I'm just preparing my notes a little bit before I'm going to call Deborah Shapiro. Got a glass of juice beside me. Hopefully things are going to go well. And we're going to talk about personalities of technical communicators today. This is actually the second attempt that we're trying to record this podcast earlier in the month. Um, I tried to call her and my audio kept breaking up and I could not figure out why so I just attributed it to poor bandwidth overuse of Skype during that night. Unfortunately tonight is also probably a high bandwidth night but my wife tells me that the fringe is on as well as house tonight so maybe people won't be on Skype. Okay all right I think I'm gonna I've got everything set and give her a call and hopefully kick things off. If you hear my kids in the background, it's just an unavoidable part of being a family man and a podcaster and an amateur podcaster, I guess. Okay, Deborah, let's see if you are home. Hi, is this Deborah? How are you doing? This is Tom. Okay, fine. Sounds like we have a good connect connection today. Yeah, I hope it'll be a lot better. We'll we'll find out in the course of time, I guess. I, I have a totally different location now. I, I think I mentioned to it, it to you before, but I moved a few miles away. Yeah, you mentioned so, that you'd moved. Yeah. So uh, you are in Michigan, right? Yeah. I'm in Michigan. But you grew up, but you spent a lot of your uh, earlier years in Israel? Well, I grew up in uh, Connecticut and Ohio. And when I was 27, I moved to Israel. And I was in I lived in Israel for almost 25 years. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, let me just give a little background before we jump into this. Uh, I, I am recording and I can always edit things later if, if you need me to. Okay. But for everybody who's listening, uh, let me give a background of, of why we're choosing this topic on personalities of technical writers. Okay. Um, there was just a brief discussion on one of the listservs about the movie The Technical Writer, which I've never seen and I probably never will. And me neither. <laughs> but it, it presented a common stereotype that the technical writer is somebody who's introverted neurotic, a geek, living all alone in a basement. Um, and I think a lot of people tend to view writers as introverts in general. Um, you did some research on this. You did a master's thesis on, on personalities of technical communicators. Can you tell me a little bit about what you found? Well, I found it was really interesting. I, I think that it in, in brief, in general, what I found is that we don't really fit the stereotype at all. But then again, we're comparing ourselves to ourselves. And that's a big difference between my study and what many other people have done. But in, in general, what I found is that the majority of technical communicators that, that I looked at were very open uh, to new information they were people that knew how to be flexible. They were balanced in their flexibility as opposed to being focused on things or too flexible. They knew how to balance um, their conscientiousness. 
they were people that tended to be very adaptable to their environment. And with regards to extroversion, I found that the majority were right smack in the middle, that um, they weren't really extroverted and they weren't really introverted. Although when I compared this with professional capabilities, extroversion seemed to increase with apparent effectiveness. And then that little nice word that we like to call being neurotic, I found that, that actually the lower the neuroticism, the better the technical communicator. And out of the people that I studied uh, based on the psychological definition of neuroticism, I think there were only two or three people that qualified as that, and they were actually rated as poor or less effective technical communicators. I want to define some of these terms here. <laughs> you need to. It, it's kind of like you you have to back up and try to understand what I was looking at. And I think to understand the terms, I think we have to see that there are different ways of studying personality. Okay, the, One of the most popular personality tests is the Myers-Briggs Inventory. Everybody's heard about it, and everybody goes around, oh, I'm a J, I'm, I'm an INTJ, I'm an ETNB, or whatever. And, and they classify themselves in these different categories. But the problem with the Myers-Briggs inventory, the way it's usually given, is that the results are on an either-or scale. You're either this or you're that. And while you could, if you studied it well enough, find out what all of these different variations are in the middle. The majority of the people tend to, to say, well, I'm either or. And it's most of these studies that set, come out and say that technical communicators are introverted. The other issue is that that particular type of a test compares everybody to everybody else. And when you compare everybody to everybody else, there, it's a big world out there. And what we really want to do is compare ourselves to ourselves because otherwise it's hard to really judge because everybody is different. But certain professions do indeed seem to attract different types of personalities. So when I was doing my research, I discovered a, um, uh, a personality test that was called the five-factor model of personality. And it really appealed to me from a professional level because it defined uh, everything into something that's called an ocean score, which is classified as openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. And the thing that I found interesting is that when I studied these characteristics more in depth and when I studied the five-factor model more in depth, um, I realized that you could really correlate a lot of the needs, like, for example, advertisements that you see for technical communicators, into these different factors. For example, the openness factor provides a measure of a person's originality, creativeness, and openness to new knowledge. When we look at the needs of a technical communicator, we're always saying we need somebody who's going to, to be a quick learner, that there's somebody that's going to be able to learn quickly. And openness is a key factor to the ability to learn. Uh, there's the conscientiousness factor, which provides a measure of a person's persistence, self-control, dependability, ethics, and orderliness. And obviously, a technical communicator, we would think, would need to be 
fairly conscientious if they're going to do a good job. They need to be dependable. They need to be ethical. Hopefully there's going to be an, a, a, an element of orderliness. Otherwise, their work could get into a little, little bit of chaos. Um, extroversion is not what we usually think of. You know, we always look at extroversion as, oh, they're really loud or, oh, they're a wallflower. But from the psychological point of view, extroversion provides a measure of a person's sociability, whether they're affectionate, friendly, outgoing, personable, and so forth. And so what happens is the more personable, friendly, and outgoing someone is, the more extroverted they are, the less they are, the more introverted they are. However, there are people that are in the middle, which you could call an ambivert, okay? You have an agreeableness factor, which provides a measure of a person's cooperativeness. Uh, for example, their trust of others, their likability, whether they're good-natured or cheerful. And again, when I was just looking at an ad the other today for a technical writer, and it was saying that this person needs to be able to work well on a team, get along with everybody, be able to communicate well with managers as well as team members. And, you know, again, you're looking at that agreeableness factor. And neuroticism, you know, we always, it's kind of funny. We say, oh, he's neurotic. And I guess the typical example we think of is Monk. I'm sure you've seen that show. Uh, yeah. And, you know, but, but neuroticism is actually um, a psychological term, which is talking more about a person's emotional stability or how much stimulus is required to, re to get a strong emotional response. So the more neurotic somebody is, the more uh, anxious, hostile, depressed, self-conscious, or impulsive they're going to be, or the more reactive they're going to be. Whereas the less neurotic somebody is, the more, res the, the more uh, resilient they're going to be, the more they're going to be able to resist these, these stimuli and or be able to cope with life. And again, if we think of the typical work situation of a technical communicator with the political stresses and the, the different pushes and pulls between communicating with people, this can become a very important factor when you're trying to communicate with other people. So these were the measures that I was looking at. So, you know, I'm looking over this list. I've never heard of the ocean model, but I think it sounds great because I, I'm not a big fan of the either or type of personality test set that you were mentioning, the INFJ right. or whatever, right. the Myers-Briggs. But um, I, I'm just curious, do you think that people in general can change if you're, let's say you're not, let's say you are neurotic or you are very introverted do you ever have hope of totally transforming your own personality? Definitely. I, I think one of the reasons I love this, this test so much is because it's a model used in modern psychiatry for therapeutic patients, and they put all of these factors on a grid to determine how much they're going to be able to help a person and, and determine the therapeutic uh, treatment that they're going to give if a person is really ill. Okay, now how much more can we as healthy individuals look at these different factors? And for example, let's say I am an, am, uh, uh, an introverted person because there are technical writers out there that are introverted. Okay, that is the truth, but they're not all introverted. 
But let's say I'm introverted. It, I, I don't like being around people, and I find it really difficult. But but I believe that that by understanding these factors or and looking at ourselves with honesty, these can become tools that will help us change. I don't believe they're tools that you could point a finger at somebody and say you need to change. But I think they're tools that help us understand ourselves, understand our strengths, and understand our weaknesses, and know how to focus better on where we need to grow. Can you tell me more about the effectiveness measure that you that you found? You said that mm-hmm. you said that uh, people who are more extroverted tended to be a little more effective and but that's vague i mean it, are you saying that managers are more effective or, or they're more effective in their writing or getting information from subject matter experts okay well what, what i did for my effectiveness and i'm i'm just kind of looking through this stuff to help understand i mean this was a this was we're looking at a, like a what how many pages you don't even want to know it was like a page thesis or something like that no, 54 pages plus the appendices, which were another 54 pages. But anyways, um, when we look at the survey, okay, what I did is I, I every single question I, I rated and I looked at for certain information. For example, I had a matrix of different uh, uh, types of questions. Let me look up some of the types of questions so that you can have a good example. Okay, for example, the person had to give me uh, information about themselves, which could be used in a variety of ways, okay? They had to tell me their level of education. They had to give me the number of years they'd been working as a technical communicator. They had to list their professional achievements and activities, and they were mentioned in such a way so that, that theoretically, this was anonymous, but the idea would be that theoretically, if you were telling the truth, I could take your name, look you up, and find out this was true. And generally, when you ask questions in this way, people do tend to be truthful. So I had things like peer recognition. Um, if the person has been published in professional publications, have they been a presenter or given lectures in their professional arena? Had they received an award from a recognized body for their professional work? Were they active in STC or a, or a similar organization like IEEE or whatever? Had they received a bonus in the past two years based on their professional work? Uh, had they received recommendations from end, commendations from end users? Things like this. Okay, so no points were awarded to a person for professional effectiveness if they said no to these things but they could get five points per achievement because these would be public achievements. Uh, professional satisfaction, um, because research shows that if a person is happy in their work, they're usually more effective in their work. So there were questions about professional satisfaction that were weighted into whether or not the person was an effective technical communicator. And then there were things relating to their professional knowledge and how they used it. For example, I have, I place a high priority on, and then they would have to rate either strongly agree, disagree somewhat, neither agree nor disagree, agree somewhat, or strongly agree. And they would have to say how important to them certain things were, like understanding grammar and the rules of the language in which they communicate, interpersonal skills and how to and seeking to improve them, understanding the essentials of document design. 
Um, and then they had to rate themselves on where they considered they were in the professional self-rating. Like, am I a good writer? Do I have good knowledge? Am I good with tools? Uh, do I have a customer focus? And, and by putting all of these things together, I came up with what I called a professional effectiveness score. Wow, that that's really interesting. I mean, I, I, I guess you really had to quantify and really nail down what it would mean for somebody to become more effective or to be effective. Right. And I mean, I didn't have a writing sample and I couldn't look at a writing sample, but I think as, as a lot of the list discusses writing, the only thing we need. And I think what we're finding today is a technical writer may write, but that's probably, that's not even 50% of what they do anymore. You know, we have to interview, we are involved with design decisions, we're involved with usability decisions, uh, huge amounts of interpersonal communication, you know, and there's so much involved in our profession. And so what I tried to do is to do, I I, I looked at what other people have, have discovered influences professional effectiveness. I looked at things that were that could be theoretically objective criteria. For example, if the person said yes or no, it was anonymous. There was nothing. It wasn't in their interest to lie because I would never know who this person was. You know, and and it seemed based on the way the scores went, uh, uh, the 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 scoring was pretty. Uh, um, I can't remember the term now. It's been a long time. But there's a term for where you see the shape of the curve. It's, it wasn't exactly a bell curve, but it was really good. It was a very good shape of curve to show that I really did have the, the huge majority in the middle with the few on both ends, just like you're supposed to have if you've got fairly accurate results. So if somebody wants to take a test to do this ocean test, where could they do it? Is it something online that you could do or...? There is one online. Um, I don't know if it's still active, but let me look up the link right right now, and I can check with you online and see if it's still available. It was when I did the test. Actually, I can just put the link in the show notes. Um, If I read a long URL, it it probably uh, listeners won't remember it. But, hey, I want to come back to a question a little bit before because – you were kind of breaking up in, in one in one sense. So, uh, on the on on the bandwidth. So let's say somebody let, let's say I take this test and I find out that I'm not as extroverted as I want to be. I'm a little bit neurotic. I'm a little bit introverted, and I'm, I'm not as open. Okay. What can I do to change that? How can I transform myself? Uh, um, I would say honesty is a key factor. Um, I, I think. When we know what our strengths and weaknesses are, sometimes we can make those weaknesses work for ourselves. For example, um, the more introverted a person is and the more conscientious they are, um, probably they're going to be a better editor than they are going to be a writer. And maybe you might want to focus more on editing than writing. But in fact, when I did the studies, the more conscientious people were indeed editors. Um, if you know that you have difficulty in getting along with people, then maybe read some books about how to get along with people. Read some books about interpersonal communication. Maybe take some courses about it to help you be more agreeable, to help you understand things like body language, um, 
uh, what you're talking about and how these things can be misinterpreted by others so that you can look at yourself and say, okay, I'm doing this. Ah, I see. Well, let me try and tone this down a bit, things like that. I'm not saying you need to go get a counselor. I mean, but if you think that <laughs> a person is always open to that option. But again, I would say when you when you look at that option, don't look for somebody that's going to be all this hyper-psychological mumbo-jumbo. Just, you know, somebody that's into just saying, you know, hey, you know, I'm struggling with these different issues. Can you give me some tips? You know, maybe there are some things that I have had trouble with in the past. I want to get over it. You know, I mean. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. So now here's my other question, though, um, because it seems like it seems like extroversion is usually favored. And by and large, I think that, um, you know, people who are more outgoing are going to tend to excel in any field. True. But a lot of times, a lot of times technical writing is a somewhat isolating activity where you're spending large amounts of time alone in your in your office area uh, writing something. Do you think in in those situations people who are more extroverted are going to struggle because they don't have as much human interaction as they need? I think it's going to depend on the person and I think it's going to depend on how where on the middle range they fall. Um, like I said, one of the interesting results I had is that the majority of technical communicators that were in my study were ambiverted. That means they weren't extroverted, they weren't introverted, they were right in the middle. And I think that most technical communicators are that way. And the reason that's such a positive thing is because we know how to cope with being alone and we know how to cope with being with groups. However, if a person was highly extroverted, my guess is they would, they would be looking more towards becoming managers or team leaders. Because the more extroverted they are, the more they're craving that interpersonal um, connectivity. And, and that's okay. Yeah. There, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like if I, it, it could explain why some technical communicators have no desire for management because they're ambiverts. They're just as happy being by themselves as they are in a group, and it's not a, a big thing for them. What do you think about giving personality tests to uh, potential hiree, potential people you're going to hire? It depends on why. If you're looking at the dynamics in the group of people that you already have to, to give yourself an idea of how this person is going to fit into that group of people, that's fine. If you're going to do it to decide that you want to hire them and you're going to use, try to use it against them, I mean, unless the test results came out really weird, um, you know, for example, like they're a psychopath or something. But, I mean, other than that, I, I think that it's not a very fair thing to do because, like I said, anybody can change if they want to change and if they're given the chance. I, I don't believe in this locked-in theory that says that, you know, this is what you're born to be and this is the way you're going to be and this is the way you are forever and ever from then. I, I remember I was at a company once where they made us take these personality tests and I felt a strong resistance about being labeled and so I find your, your perspective somewhat refreshing that you believe people can openly change. Although I'm not entirely sure that I 100% believe it because I've always, I feel like I, I haven't uh, changed so much. I mean, when I'm in big group situations, I sometimes am a little shy. But when I'm, if I'm giving a presentation, I'm not shy. Mm -hmm. But if I'm, uh, 
If I'm interacting with somebody one-on-one, I'm never shy. But I don't think I've really changed that much um, over the course of my life. Uh, do you do you find it different? Have you seen a lot of di- changes in your own life about your personality? I think it's. I know I have friends that that they say that knew me years and years and years ago, and depending on what we're dealing with, they'll say, "Man." If you changed, and in other areas, I haven't changed at all. I still have the same off-whack uh, sense of humor. Um, I think I'm a bit more serious now than I was, but some of those things come with age. Um, when I talk about change, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm always going to be comfortable in the crowd if I just tend to be an introvert, but that I'm learning to cope with it better. And that I and that I have better coping mechanisms because I'm recognizing my weaknesses, you know. But but it's still something that says I'm not locked into this. This may be the way I am, but it doesn't mean the way I'm going to be forever. I, I really like the term ambivert because you know in the traditional tests you don't see that term come out as much, and I, I really felt like. I could always answer, well, in certain situations I'd do this, and in other situations I'd do something else. So, I, I think that um, if anybody was interested in looking at this more deeply, a lot of the terminology that I got came from a, um, a research team called Howard and & Howard, and they have a website, uh, www.centax.com. And you can learn a lot about how the five-factor model of personality can be used in the business um, in the business environment. And I found a lot of their research very helpful for for developing my own opinions and and how to use this for technical communication. You know, I think just just having this list, this five, the the ocean list that you mentioned, openness, conscientiousness extroversion, ambiversion, and neuroticism. Agreeableness. Agreeableness. and neuroticism, yeah. Oh, sorry. Did I get the A wrong? It's agreeableness? The A A is agreeableness. Ambiversion Uh, is an aspect of of extroversion. All right. But uh, the E was extroversion, the N was neuroticism, right? Correct. I think just putting this in a place where I would look at it every once in a while would be a nice reminder of just just um, to be aware because I, I think that, I mean, it's one thing to say, oh, we don't change our personalities and all, which is what I was suggesting is, is the case of some people. But I think once we begin, to, we begin to be aware of situations and recognize, hey, I'm acting a little bit introverted in this situation or I'm acting, I'm not very open in this situation, in our minds, we can then begin to consciously change that. But if we don't recognize it, if we just go about our day and we don't ever think about our actions from a meta perspective, I think it'd be a lot harder to change. And like I said, one of the reasons I really enjoyed doing this work was because the the, the five-factor model, the ocean score, I think it, it just, just the words themselves spoke about the essence of what technical communication is about. And uh, it, it was it was really interesting because, for example, as I pursued the research, I found out that, well, I thought technical communicators would be super conscientious. And in fact, I found they were more in the middle to the low score. They were actually far more flexible or in the middle than they were right there on the 
top of conscientiousness. But when I did research, I found out that in the business environment, that's what's wanted because somebody who's too conscientious may never get their job done. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I can see how persistence and, and this over-control to get everything perfect could really work against you as a technical writer at times. Oh, yeah. And I mean, how many of us have been told it doesn't have to be ter- perfect, just finish it, i got to ship it out. <laughs> and we're sitting there just going, ah, but we do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just had one other thought about, about uh, these characteristics, and I've noticed this in my own life, is that it seems like... Um, well, one of the things you said is that the more we embody these five characteristics, the more effective we are. But I think that it could uh, turn the other way as well, in that the more professional achievements one creates, it seems like it engenders these five these five characteristics, because you may be asked to speak more, you may be uh, hired into more prominent positions that require and demand these kind of skills. So... I, I could see how if you if you just are inching up the effectiveness, you're going to, by default, start to become more open and more, um, more extroverted and, and less neurotic and things. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 a huge realm of study. I mean, there 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 are whole there are tons of things that I, I I studied and learned about that we can't really get into on the phone call. But I mean, it, interrelationships of the different factors. Uh, what happens when you have high conscientiousness, for example, and low extroversion, or in other words, you're introverted? Or what happens if you have very high neuroticism matched with one of the other characteristics in a high or a low extreme? And, and there were all kinds of things that when I read about it, I thought, wow, I mean, we people, we are so complex and there's so much to appreciate about our personalities and our characters and who we are. Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, to 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 say that we are complex is is certainly a good way to just uh, put it because you definitely never want to try to simplify things too much when it comes to people's personalities. Mm-hmm. So, well, well, Deborah, is there anything I haven't asked you about uh, personalities that that you want to cover tonight? I guess the only thing I'd like to to stress is is again and we already talked about that is that that each one of these factors help form a composite of who we are but we're much more than any of these factors when you begin studying that there's different facets involved with each part of this if you go in more deeply my research only looked at the main factors it didn't look at all of the little subdivisions of each area and there's a lot of room for more research in this area. Um, If anybody is interested in in having more information or would like to have an actual look at the data, they're more than welcome to contact me. I'm I'm happy to share it. Um, And I hope that others, and especially people in academia, would start um, getting into this research as well, because all of the other professions, there's tons of literature about personality and how it impacts their work and some of these different characteristics and and how these can be used for their own personal development. Uh, For example, among teachers, among engineers, among physicians, among nurses. And as a profession, I think it's time that we start doing the same thing towards ourselves. Definitely. Well, thank you, Deborah. I appreciate your time tonight and for talking to me. And we'll We'll put links to where people can find more information in the show notes. 
Okay, and I'll send you my email and my website, which is currently under development address. But, it, I mean, it, it'll give people an idea of where I'm going. Yeah, that'd be great. And, uh, yeah. All right. Thank you, Deborah. And thank you. Take care.